This is Self Startup. Welcome to Self Startup, a podcast that highlights the small business owners, the self-employed and freelancers who have taken the plunge to create their own desirable lifestyle. My name is Andy Dowling. I'm also the host of the Andy Social Podcast. I play bass in the Australian metal band Lord, and I'm also a dispute resolution specialist. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching at Andy Dowling, or you can head on over to selfstarter.com.au where you can learn more about yours truly and anything and everything to do with the self-employment world. So before we kick into this episode, I am proud to announce that I've been made a finalist in the 2018 Australian Podcast Awards in the category of Host of the Year of all the categories that I was going to potentially be in. Um, host of the year was certainly the last one I would have been considering. Um, I'm absolutely blown away with the recognition. And I just want to take the moment to thank all of you guys for supporting the podcast um, by listening, sharing the blogs around, recommending the podcast to other friends, but also all the business owners that continue to show their generosity in giving up their time to share their stories for all of us. Uh, so the winners of the 2018 Australian Podcast Awards will be announced on Saturday, May the 5th, which is actually this Friday of uh, the week this podcast is coming out. So I'm very close. Uh, if you're in Melbourne or you're anywhere and you're interested in going to the event, you can go to the Australian or you can go to AustralianPodcastAwards.com and you can get uh, tickets over there. But you can also learn about all of the podcast finalists over at AustralianPodcastAwards.com. So I'm um, very excited to see what the results are going to be. But regardless of who the winners are, whether I am a winner or not, being a finalist is an amazing achievement for me personally, for the podcast and for everybody, especially uh, in the south coast of New South Wales, where all the business owners have been highlighted so far. So really, really cool result. And thank you very much. Now, moving along, this week's episode is with Ellen Thornthwaite of Feel Good Financial Services, who are located in Sanctuary Point, which is on the south coast of New South Wales. Uh, many of you guys would probably already have worked that out by now. While Ellen has many years working in the finance sector, and in particular working as a broker, approximately two months ago, roughly, very fresh, uh, Ellen took the plunge and made the decision to launch her own business from home. Ellen is using her expertise as well as her personal experiences to build a close-knit, personalized network of clients on the south coast of New South Wales as well as Sydney uh, by, by providing things such as reassurance, education, and confidence in helping people achieve their financial goals because uh, money can be quite an emotive subject to talk about um, and it's very hard to get people to open up about it. So it's a hard uh, thing to tackle, but um, as we discuss in this episode, Ellen has a number of uh, approaches, um, especially having her own personal experiences certainly helps. You can find Feel Good Financial Services via Facebook by searching the name, or you can go to feelgoodfs.com.au to learn more. As always, though, you can find all the links and everything we discuss in the show notes over at selfstarter.com.au, including my key takeaways, which you can check out after this chat. But for now, enough of me. Please enjoy this inspiring chat with Ellen Thorthwaite of Feel Good Financial Services. Thank you for uh, inviting me down to seems like the end of the world here. It is, but it's beautiful. Yeah, so we're in uh, Sanctuary Point at um, the Pelican something cafe. Pelican Waterfront Cafe. Yeah, and it literally is that. I'm looking across those pelicans right there, <laughs> and we are on the waterfront, so it's pretty cool. So, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, so kicking into it, do you want to give a brief introduction of who you are and what your business is all about? Sure. So my name is Ellen Thornthwaite. I'm a finance broker and the owner of Feel Good Financial Services. Um, I've been broking for almost two years now, um, but the business Feel Good is very new, only launching uh, at the start of February. Um, it's been very exciting, very scary all in one go, but giving it my best and seeing how I can make it work. 
Oh, it's um, so fresh. So fresh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so leading up to, obviously, this is just launched literally a couple of months ago. Um, what were you doing prior to that? I know you mentioned you've been doing uh, sort of brokering for a couple of years, but what's your background? Where's, where's sort of the history leading up to now? Mm-hmm. So um, I did jump around a bit um, being young and having no idea what I wanted to do. Um, previously, I was working at St George Bank for about six years. Um, I realised that I loved working in finance and that's really something that interested me that I had a passion for. Um, I just didn't so much like the bank culture. Yep. So um, an opportunity came up for me to start working for a local broker um, through a friend of a friend and I jumped on the opportunity and haven't looked back. And, I mean, what was... Obviously, the culture of sort of working in a corporate environment or especially sort of in finance and banking, um, there's a lot of pressure there. But what was what was probably one of the big, big appeals? Was it so much just to get away from that or was there something about... Um, working sort of in a more smaller structure or working for yourself that was appealing for you? It was definitely, um, it was a bit of both. So um, from working for the big corporate structure, I knew exactly what I didn't want to do. That was was (laughs) the easiest part. Um, I guess working for myself was just a bonus that I never expected. Um, Moving away from the real sales culture was what moved me to start with, um, wanting to help people without having a manager standing over your shoulder and making sure you're doing it their way. Um, so that's what made me start looking for other opportunities to start with. And then just being able to work for myself, being able to work from home, all of that just came as a bonus that I never imagined I would ever have that opportunity to do. And was there a mo- I mean, there might not be a particular moment, but was there a sort of almost like a light bulb moment where you thought, I can actually do this myself? It was funny when I, the day I left, I think I was so excited, um, just hoping that it would work, um, <laughs> but tried not to think too much about the risk because I'm a yeah. very risk adverse person. I don't, okay, I don't like taking and, risks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was really scary, but I just tried to be positive about it and go for it. Um, it was probably after my first year that I looked back and I realised that it had been a whole year that mm. I'd left. I was working, I was making money, I was surviving, more than surviving. Um, and, yeah, I remembered at that point to celebrate every small victory and mm. really, you know, every day is, is a win that I'm still doing this. So. Yeah, definitely. And well, leading up to, I guess, the launch of the business now, was there any was there any particular challenges that you had to get through, whether it be mentally or something like a hurdle you had to get, get through to sort of get to the point where you actually put the put it out there to the general public. Yeah, it was definitely, um, again, that, that risk factor yeah. of I could have stayed doing what I was doing, working for this local company. Um, I was contracting to them, so technically I was still self-employed, but I had all my leads provided to me, all my marketing done for me. Everything was easy, mm. and I could have sat back um, in that comfortable position and just seen what happened, um, but I, I wanted more. I wanted to be able to put my own brand on it, to put my own personality into it. Um, and so I really did have to, yeah, just jump right in and just try to make it work. And I mean, it's, it's probably really hard to answer because it's only a couple of months in, but what, what are some of the early challenges that you're facing now since you've, you've launched it, it's out there, people know you exist, but what's, what are you facing at the moment? Uh, it's still, um, very much lead generation. So trying to, um, get my name out there. I'm doing a lot of, um, digital advertising, just trying to get a lot of brand recognition. So you know, people see my brand and they know that I'm there. Um, I'm trying to to bring in new customers to build up that base, build up that trust, build up that word of mouth referral network that I really need. 
Um, so that's been the scariest thing is, is, you know, reaching out. The first couple of weeks I had quite a few leads come in, a bit of work coming in, and I was really excited thinking, this was easier than I thought it was going to be. Um, and then it kind of went dead silent and I thought, oh, no, what have I done? What have I done wrong? Um, so trying to get back into it without reinventing the wheel, look at, okay, what has worked, what isn't working and fine-tune it from there. And, I mean, with finance, finance, money in general is such a, it can be a touchy subject for a lot of people and it's something that people steer clear of if they can help it. Yeah, it's very um, personal, yeah. very intimate. So to, to attract the right people to, to what you're providing, um, I, I would assume that word of mouth is probably a really big thing that you would rely on. I mean, obviously advertising, making sure that you're, you're visible and people can find you if they're searching for you, so especially digitally. Um, but the word of mouth is probably really important because it's 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 a close reassurance that this is somebody that you should talk to and they've got that validation from somebody that they already trust? Yes, absolutely. So you can do all the, the advertising in the world that you want, but to get someone to trust you to um, tell them absolutely everything about your life, yeah. including the last cent in your pocket, is a big ask. Um, much easier if it's um, you know a close friend, family member, someone that, that you trust personally that says, hey, this, this person really helped me to get in control of my finances or to buy my dream home, whatever it might be. Um, and so that's that's the challenge. You've got to start somewhere. You've got to get a few customers to be able to get those referrals. Yeah. And I, I just know from my personal experience, just, you know, I mean, one of the things that um, you talk about on your website, one of the things that you offer is helping people, for example, buy their first home. And you mentioned in sort of your background and your write-up saying that you had just recently gone through that yourself. And I've, I've done that a couple of years ago. And um, it's absolutely nerve-wracking. Mm -hmm. And to understand how many steps and how many people are involved is such, it's just so daunting. And I understand that really the saving of the money is probably half the battle. The other half is actually trying to understand the logistics around it. And um, I think just sort of having a look at your website is quite interesting because you're, I think you give a lot of reassurances about certain things. I think you sort of preempt what a lot of... Um, a lot of concerns people would have up front. Yeah, well, I, I hope that is the case because that's um, exactly I've had to think, okay, from my experiences, how did I feel? I was horrified. I was very frightened. And I come from a finance background, so mm. I knew a lot of the terminology, the processes, but it was still really frightening, um, especially for me. I, I built my home, so it was an ongoing mm. process. It wasn't <laughs> just to buy the house and it's over. Um, so I, I know how scary it can be. I know the value that my service can be to people who are navigating through that journey themselves and i mean with the power of the power of the internet sounds so so cheesy but um you know with the connectivity that we have with so many people for you your business are you are you is your priority local or at least sort of you know the south coast or something like that or are you sort of setting yourself up in a way that you can provide the service to anybody nationally? It is uh, primarily focused locally. Um, the reason why is that from a legal compliance point of view, okay. I have to do a face-to-face -face identification with my clients. Uh -huh. um, there are some exceptions to the rule, but so for the most part, it is local because I'm going to need to meet them face-to-face -face mm. at least once during the process. Yeah. Um, so I, I am happy to travel. I you know, will go from Sydney to right down the south coast but I do have to um, really focus my efforts on, on the local area to make the most of my time. Are you attracting a certain type of person? 
Uh, I hope so. It is very difficult. Um, I've been told to, or, you know, sort of my marketing gurus have all said, you know, yep. you really need to find your niche. You need to zero in on that on that one crowd. Who are you trying to attract? And as a new business, that was very scary. I thought, I don't have the luxury <laughs> of excluding anyone. I yep. want to help everybody. Um, but I do find that um, first home buyers for me, I think I'm attracted to helping them because I see myself in them. Yep. I know the journey. And I want to see them succeed. I want to see them break into the property market. I want to see them in 10 years' time buy their investment property mm -hmm. and grow their portfolio. So um, that, is, that is my aim at the moment. Um, is there any particular well, early tactics that you're doing that's trying to tap into, into that sort of segment? Or is it sort of still early days? As you said, like, you know, because it's so new... You, you, you're sort of on the fence as far as can I afford to be really niche really early or sort of spread it out where I capture a lot of different people and then refine it later on. Yeah. But is there anything you're doing early on to try and attract particular preference? Yeah, preferences? so definitely with my um, my online marketing, um, I'm, I'm definitely targeting the, the first home buyer crowd. Yep. Um, I mean, especially just advertising on Facebook full stop you know that you're, mm. you're you're targeting millennials but yes I am targeting the the younger younger group there um, I am very much open if I have anyone contact me mm. you know I also do seniors finance I just yep. I go from yeah, one I end of the that. spectrum to the other so yeah. um, if at any point I have anyone contact me I just think you know what I, I can do it um, but yes I am trying to target that mostly from from digital marketing yeah um, Speaking of online, um, I had a look through your website and um, really impressed with the way that you structured because it's very simple in concept, mm -hmm. but it, it paints a picture about who you are, which I think is something that a lot of businesses are only just starting to get their head around where, you know, I guess from a black and white point of view, you are providing financial services to people and that's it. Like, yeah, very in, obviously there's more uh, sort of different nuances within that mm -hmm. umbrella but it's it's a function that you're providing a service but you've from my perspective you painted a picture where it's far more personable um, and that alludes into your your name of your business as well and you talk about customer service and I think just it's it's impressive to see because I think you spend a lot of time really trying to work out how you portray yourself and putting yourself out there. I mean, you've got your picture on your website. Mm. You, people can identify with you. And I guess that comes back to the whole thing about money being emotional. You've got to identify and find a way to to be, to be find some form of uh, like-minded or connection with the person that you're about to disclose all this information Absolutely, to. Absolutely, yeah. So I guess that was a real luxury for me when I decided to go out on my own, that I got to build my business. I got to sit back and think about what I wanted to see if I was looking for a mortgage broker or not looking mm. for a mortgage broker, what would I what would I be attracted yeah. by? And so I wanted my personality to really be able to shine through the business um, because, again, it is that trustworthy thing. I want you to know who I am. That's why my picture's there. Um, I, want, I wanted my business to really reflect my personality in every way I possibly could. Was that, was that a little bit daunting? When you're sort of going through that process and going, okay, how do I how do I put this out here? It was. Um, I, I feel like I, the name and the concept came um, quite naturally. I was actually at a workshop, um, mm. and I um, 
was listening to some fantastic speakers that were advertising specialists and they were talking about you know you being your brand and um, ways that you can implement that and these ideas just started coming into my my head and I thought geez I wonder if I could ever do that mm. and I thought that was a bit silly and sort of you know ignore it but then I put more thought into it and I thought no why not just go for it and really make it make it happen um, and that's kind of how it came about. So it's been a really fun process, you mm. know, doing the, the branding, the logo, the name, the website, even though it was a headache. It was, it yeah. was fun <laughs> to, to be able to create that. I've never had that opportunity before. So. Well, I think I've gone through a bit of that myself, like just putting my own website out there. And, and I, I went through a similar process where it was an absolute headache and a nightmare because it was outside my comfort zone mm-hmm. and my ex- expertise, but I had someone to help me. But um, once it was out there... Um, I think it sort of validates something. It validates what your what your whole vision is and what you're planning to do. Whereas leading up to that, you might be second guessing yourself. You're usually your worst critic. Yeah. Um, you're always worried about being judged by other people. Mm-hmm. But um, I think once it's, once it's out there, it's sort of a little I don't know. It's a little feather in the hat to say, no, no, no. This is this is it. This, this is, is it. in writing yeah. and out for everybody to see. So there's definitely a level of vulnerability with it, um, yeah. which I've had to embrace. Hmm. Um, and I, I did launch the business um, before I did my website. I had intended on paying a local company to do the website. Hmm. Found out I couldn't afford it. Thought I'd save <laughs> up. Thought I'd do it myself in the end. So did it myself. Was so proud of my efforts and then it did it encapsulated everything I wanted to say in one website so I felt um, I don't know justified that I could say hey look at me and look at look at what I can do I think it's I think it's really good and to know that you you sort of learnt on the fly just to create it because of a necessity of budget you know from, from a money point of view yes. but um, it it talks about who you are and it puts yourself out there but it also has the things like the FAQs it's got information there and as I said before it sort of preempts some of the questions or things that might hesitate or stop someone from actually taking that step to contacting you so it's sort of like like let's remove those first awkward questions you can discover this in your free time without me looking over you and then once you've done that and you're okay let's have a chat and I think that's a it's a big thing that a lot of businesses are still trying to get their head around and and try and learn so it's it's sort of that helpful helpful content yeah that's right so I wanted to remove the barriers to contacting me to you know I'm still I I feel I'm very transparent and honest and I Mm. want people to ask me those questions but I know that they're the questions that everybody has that they don't want to ask so they are there for Mm. everybody to see um, so yeah I just am trying to make it easy I guess in my line of work I am the product that I'm trying to sell so you know I don't have pictures of my product or descriptions of my product some to put pens, on there it's some paper just me. it's just me <laughs> yeah and well actually because you mentioned it before and it's sort of stuck in the back of my head now because you've you've had to learn to create a website I mean without going into too much of a deep deep discussion about it but what sort of things did you have to do was it sort of like I don't know did you go on YouTube did you Google how to make a website you know did you use something like WordPress and sort of I don't know like what what, what did that look like I did so I used WordPress yeah. um, it was uh, it, it took me about two full days mm. of working on it which is actually pretty quick yeah, pretty considering good. the what I came out with yeah. um, so I watched every link every self-help everything <laughs> on WordPress site that I could find as yeah. to how to do it and I just kept going until I got it right. Um, very lucky to have my husband and my sister as a sounding board. And I kept, you know, what do you think of this one? What yep. about this one? Yep. What about this one? That and, helps. <laughs> until they, you know, oh, I don't know about that. So um, through trial and error and um, a lot of self-help, 
help links, we got that. I think that's, I mean, that's probably a really good thing for people to, to keep in mind is that, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely in the same boat. Um, I wouldn't even think about trying it myself because I just go, I don't know how to do it. I'm not, I'm not a web developer. I've never done any courses. I'm not expert. I don't have any expertise in that, so I wouldn't do it. And I'm lucky. I've got a few friends that sort of work in that, and they've done me some favours um, in at various times. But you know, I've at times I've had no choice. I've got no options. I've had to dive into WordPress and go, what am I clicking on? Mm -hmm. Is this going to explode in front of me? Um, and a lot of trial and error. But I think the the big thing now is that. You know, you can Google something, you can go on YouTube, you can watch tutorials, and yeah, it might be a bit painful and a bit mm -hmm. tedious. But as you said, I mean, the website's really good, and for two full days, and it might have been two really painful they days. Were very painful. Yeah, you <laughs> got like some serious headaches coming <laughs> from it. But in the grand scheme of things, um, that could have been something that you may have put off for six to twelve months and just put it in the back of your mind too hard too hard too hard but you got in there pushed through a comfort zone and just made it happen exactly. in a short very short space of time yeah so I did I was I was sort of looking at that six to twelve months and then I thought how much business could I potentially lose by not having this website up mm. by not having all the answers at, at the click I'm uh, myself very much of if I hear about a business that I'm interested if you don't have a website I'm probably not going to use your services mm. at the very least you need a Facebook but it's almost a um, you know, a mark that you are a real respectable business, you know what you're doing to have a, a website. Um, so it was really important for me that I did it and I'm happy that I did it. And I'm also glad that um, I did take the time to learn how to do it because mm. now I can regularly update my content whenever I Don't want. Don't rely on somebody else to do no, it for you. And yeah. I, I do my weekly blog on there. And, you know, if I think, oh, I've got something that I want to add to the FAQs, I just jump on and I change yep, it. Perfect. And it also, I guess you know, as your business grows and then you might get new ideas or opportunities or things that you can provide, then it's easy enough just to add a new section. Exactly. You know, so it's um, it's not something where you've restricted yourself so much that it's like, oh, that's it, and then I'll have to wait until I get several thousands of dollars to go and get someone to redesign or build a whole new that's website. Right. Or like I that. actually had, um, end of last year, went to um, go to a, a restaurant in Huskisson mm. and checked their opening hours on their website. <laughs> And so they were open, went to the restaurant, and they were closed. <laughs> and I said, I sent them an email saying, hey, guys, you need to update, just so you know, you need to update your contact hours. Oh, our web guy's on holidays. We can't get in touch with him. And I thought, I never want to be in that position yeah. where I don't know how to control that myself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I found that on the, um, the Easter long weekend. I was trying to find somewhere on Monday to go and have a coffee with my wife. And um, I went online, and most of the cafes in in, in now are sort of closed, and they had actually written on their Facebook and their, on their website, but there was one in particular that my wife loves going to and their last post was on the Wednesday or the Thursday leading up to the long weekend and didn't even acknowledge I think they said happy Easter or something mm -hmm. like that and then that was it mm -hmm. and there's nothing more and they don't post very regularly anyway and so I went online went on the Google sort of uh, sort of business page mm -hmm. didn't allude to anything special so I thought oh, I'll go down there and sure enough they were closed of course, yeah. but it's just a case of I mean those things are so simple yes yeah but I think a lot of people when they look at it, it's so daunting and they go, Phew, technology or yeah. you know, the internet or websites or whatever it might be and it's just too hard. I think yeah. people still struggle with Facebook, which can be a bit of a laugh, but I, I get it depending on where your business journey's been. Like mm -hmm. if you've just been so used to advertising through newspaper, 
local radio, you know, TV or the Yellow Pages, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm, I'm surprised it still exists, barely. <laughs> um, but I think people that come from that world are still struggling. But I think a lot of us that probably have had more of um, the internet in our lives sort of growing up, we're, we're become a little accustomed bit, to it. Yeah, but, but um, obviously we, we still struggle with some of this stuff as well where we go, uh, I haven't really had a lot of exposure to this. Should I should I outsource this and mm-hmm. just cop the cop the amount of money, or yeah. should I um, yeah. dig in deep and, and go through a, a bit of a painful period? But yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's so hard to ask you this because you, you're so new as far as the business is concerned. But I mean, where where do you hope to see the business in the next six to twelve months? I mean. It, I guess it's where it is now and just continuing to build. But is there anything particular, like, as far as goals, like short-term goals that you're looking to achieve? Yeah, so I would um, I would love to, in 12 months' time, be able to pull back on my Facebook advertising budget and yep. not have to do any advertising. Mm. I would love to have helped, you know, enough clients within the next six months that they love what I've done for them, they love the business, they can't shut up about it, they tell mm. their friends and it goes it just becomes goes organic. That's what I really want. Yeah, yeah. And I think the advantage, and sometimes people might not think this is the case, um, in sort of slower parts of the country, we're in the south coast, it's very slow here, in a good way, um, that the, good, the advantage is that Good news does travel, yes. as well as bad news. But oh, bad news, news travels much faster, yeah, yes. But good news does travel and, and I think people are more inclined to listen to their neighbour down here than their neighbour in a larger city. Yeah. And I think people are a little bit more closer connected. People know what each other are doing. You know, sometimes that can be a bit, a bit too much, <laughs> but it can be an advantage if you're providing a, a, a local service down here. Yes, and I think that's one of the benefits of really honing in and focusing on my local area mm. is that, um, yeah, exactly right, I can cash in on that, hoping that, um, you know, I, I help the community by you know, my giving back, but mm. also from just my normal service that they're happy enough with it that they tell everybody about it. Well, I'm really interested to see where the business goes in early days. I mean, it's, it's great that you've got, you know, the, the technical expertise in that background of, of where you've worked in that industry and being finance, but, um, but regardless of that expertise, you've had to go through quite a bit to get to this point and it's still being early days, no doubt. You know, and looking at it from a, a silver lining point of view, you no doubt have a lot of challenges still ahead, but um, it should be hopefully really rewarding and successful for you. Absolutely. And I think I'm, I'm always learning from um, my current experiences and my previous experiences and just never stop learning and grow from those and keep moving. Very good. Well, I'll uh, put links in the show notes. Um, website is feelgoodfs.com.au. Yes. Okay. Oh, great. I'll put it in the show notes anyway, guys. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. If you want to reach out to Ellen and learn a little bit more about personal finance, you can find Ellen via Facebook by searching Feel Good Financial Services, or you can go to feelgoodfs.com.au to learn more. As always, and as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can go to selfstarter.com.au, click on the show notes for this episode, and I'll dump everything that we discussed, including all the links and contact details for Ellen there as well. Now, as always, in true self-starter fashion, I have a number of key takeaways from this episode that I got some value from. Um, if there's something that I missed or something in addition that you think uh, was really, really interesting and something that uh, triggered a thought or an idea, I'd love to hear from you. So please uh, contact me via any of the social media channels or go into selfstarter.com.au. Number one, provide reassurance. So preempt the questions that you're going to have from your customers. Remove the first awkward questions that might stop people from actually making contact in the first place as they don't want to go through that possibility of having to ask 
what they feel may be obvious or awkward questions. Uh, you know, I'm certainly one of these peoples and I've been victim to it in the past where I've um, actually stopped myself from contacting someone because I've been too scared to ask what I feel might be a really dumb question. So Ellen's done a really, really good job of having an FAQ um, on her website where she answers a number of what might be obvious questions, but a lot of people may not know about. So it's a fantastic uh, thing that she's done to try and break down some of those initial hurdles that people may uh, recoil back from and uh, be reluctant to make first contact. Number two, you might not know, but you can learn. Realizing the budget didn't allow for someone else to create a website, Ellen decided to dive in and learn how to create a simple website from scratch. She used online tutorials and guides along with feedback from her husband and her sister as well, which is, that's, uh, that takes a lot of courage. Ellen was able to get a website together and up and running within about two days, which when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, we put things off for months and sometimes years at a time, but for two full on days, uh, it certainly makes a difference. And while they were filled with headaches and uncomfortable moments, Ellen saved a lot of money and established a lot more confidence and control over what she's creating when it comes to providing additional updates and changes in the future. Ellen also knew that by holding off for several months to raise money or to find another way of getting a website up and running, that she could potentially lose a lot of money. So the short-term pain, you know, as they say, leads to long-term gains. So she's uh, definitely done, a, done the, the right approach there. Number three, learn from others' mistakes. So Ellen retells the story of wanting to go to a local restaurant on the South Coast and looking online and seeing the opening times indicating that the restaurant was actually going to be open. And she found out on arrival that it was actually closed. And when Ellen sent an email to the business to tell them what had happened, they responded that they were unable to update the information on the website because their web developer was on holidays and they couldn't actually get in touch with them. And at that moment, and as Ellen mentioned in our chat, she decided that she'd never want to be in that position and find herself in a, in a situation where she was unable to control the information that she puts out for her business. Uh, so for her, going back to point number two about creating her website, this was an extra bit of motivation and fuel to just to dive in and uh, experience a little bit of short-term pain, but um, obviously coming out on top with um, having a website that she can control and own herself. Number four, embracing referrals. Ellen hopes to pull back on the amount of time and money invested in attracting new leads in the next 12 months or so and work primarily off a referral system from existing clients. Now, Ellen's got an advantage when it comes to finance where trust is such a big factor in a person's decision to work with a broker. However, the upfront hard work to establish those first few clients is essential to reaching that level of self-supply where work organically comes through via referrals from people that uh, trust others and you're not forever doing the hard sell and attracting new clients all the time. So something that a lot of people can think about is what sort of experience can you provide to the first few customers that you have come to you for? for business um, where the experiences of such a high quality where people want to refer and create that organic um, referral system for yourself. And last one. Now, this one was not in the chat with Ellen, but it was one that I actually missed or meant to bring up with her at the time, but it's around charity. So part of Ellen's approach is to personalize as much of the business as she can. And as Ellen put it in the chat, I am the product that I'm trying to sell. So part of this includes an opportunity to give back to local charities in the area that are close to Ellen's heart. And this shows another personal side to Ellen, and it can be an added incentive for a prospective client who might actually identify with some of Ellen's passions. And, you know, we make a lot of decisions subconsciously, and sometimes little things like this could be the turning point or the, the main uh, 
reason why someone tips in one direction over the other. So um, you can actually check out all the charities that Ellen supports on her website as well at uh, feelgoodfs.com.au. So that's it. That's another episode down. Another fantastic story for you guys. If you got something out of this that I didn't highlight, I would love to hear from you. If you've got information that you would love to share with other people, I would also love to hear from you. Um, the more that we can share with each other, the more that we can uh, find our own success in our own field of work, in our own self-starting journey. So as always, you can go to the blog over at selfstarter.com.au. You can check out the previous episodes of the podcast. Uh, I will find out whether I'm a winner of host of the year for the 2018 podcast awards this Saturday. Uh, but uh, regardless, being a finalist is pretty incredible as well but uh, thank you so much for everyone for your support um, and encouragement and uh, please keep the recommendations coming love to hear more feedback from you all leave a review wherever on the internet you feel is appropriate and until next fortnight take care guys Ta -ta. Yes.